This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can look here at the signing of Jock Landale and Jeff Green. One big thing here is just overall, and specifically I'm talking about Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, and then Jeff Green here. And, of course, Landale's played a couple of years, but let's just stick with those three. What I really love is the veteran presence that they brought, sort of the adult in a room aspect of it. And I, I feel like these kids are growing up. You know, we talk about them as being kids, but the younger players, they are growing up. But there's just no substitute for experience, and these guys got a lot of it. Talking about Jeff Green, obviously just playing on the championship team. Uh, D- Dylan Brooks at least playing on a competitive Memphis team over the last few years. And obviously Fred Van Vliet being a, a former champion from a few years ago, Jacques Landale is somebody who has played at least some significant basketball being on the Suns last year. As a matter of fact, he became he ended up becoming – the more reliable big at times for the Suns down the stretch there, which was a, a sight to say, I wouldn't say more reliable, but, but maybe, maybe it seemed that at times they trusted Jock Landale more than they did uh, DeAndre Aiden, not to say that he's anywhere near as talented, but th- that is what stands out to me at least about the group of guys that they got is that they added some veteran presence, some guys that have played some winning basketball and on these two particular signings, Jeff Green, we know very well, familiar with his movies. With Jock Landale, clearly their backup center, signs a four-year, $32 million deal. But that doesn't seem like somebody that's going to challenge Alper Shingoon for the starting center job like maybe Brooke Lopez would have. So I'm curious what your thoughts on these two signings were or what your thoughts are on these two signings. Obviously, we've talked already about Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet. What are your thoughts on Landale and Jeff Green? Um, Landale is obviously, I guess, the, the guy that people aren't as familiar with, even though he got the bigger contract here. But Landale's good, and, and you know he he's been in winning programs for a long time. You know he, he went to St. Mary's, and so um, they won a lot of games in St. Mary's. He's a little bit older; he's twenty seven. Uh, hasn't been in the NBA for very long, but. Um, you know, San Antonio, Phoenix, uh, last year, Phoenix, uh, this season. And like you said, he became, you know, he was playing a lot, you know, during the postseason uh, for the Suns. It was, it was an important part of what they were doing. Um, you know, I'll, we'll have to wait and see um, exactly how the big man mix works. I would think that Shingun's going to start and that he'd come off the bench, but who knows in certain units, who knows how guys play off one another. So that's kind of a to-be-determined thing. Um, the contract, again, the, the top line number, it, it looks big. It's, you know, f- uh, four years, 32, but only the first year is guaranteed. So, again, you you know, 
don't make too big a deal out of the top line. Wait and see, you know, how everything else shakes out. And the reason why that's important is that that becomes a very tradable contract. And if you want, if there's a, a, a an $8 million player or whatever, or you need to try and stack up salary. That's another reason why you make some of these signings. It's because, you know, you don't want your team to just be all max guys and all minimum guys, because then it's really hard to improve your team through trades. Uh, so you need sort of those middle-class guys and with what they did with both Brooks and with Landell, and then you add Porter into that mix and even Jay Sean Tate's contract, you have some of those middle-class guys that make it so that you can stack some contracts. And, you know, well, we just talked about Porter. He's not guaranteed really uh, after this season. Landell's not guaranteed after this season. So guys like that, you know, you can put those contracts in a trade and whoever you're trading them to, if you if that's the route that you want to go, you know, the teams aren't necessarily going to be on the hook for the remainder of those contracts. So that's why it makes sense to structure those deals the way that they did. And even, you know, $8 million for Jock Landell in two years, it's not going to be that bad. You know, the way that the cap keeps going up, you know, um, the cap could wind up being $25 million higher in two years than it is right now. So an $8 million contract today is going to look a whole lot different than $8 million in two years. So uh, Landale's a professional. He knows how to play. He knows where to be. And again, those were little things that they just weren't good at. And he's also got good size. You know, he's he's a seven-footer. He's 6'11", seven feet. And, uh, you know, they were bringing Usman Garuba, who we'll talk about in a minute, off the bench. And Garuba's an undersized center. So at least now you have somebody who physically can handle that. And Landale did okay, I guess when having to defend Nikola Jokic uh, during the, the Western Conference semis, um, as good as you can hope for somebody to do against Nikola Jokic. But again, it, it gives them options. And that's what you're looking for. You are looking for options. You are looking for guys who don't have like huge holes in their game. Because I think with the guys, a bunch of the guys that we're going to talk about in a minute, the guys that they let go, those guys had huge holes. And those, yeah. those guys had holes that you could really attack. And I think somebody like Landale, I don't think he has that. Uh, I don't expect a ton out of Jeff Green. I think that I don't, I don't think he's a, the type of guy who's going to get a ton of minutes, but he's a guy to have. And he, he know, and you can, if you need him to play, he can come in and he can do, he can do things and he can help you. And um, you don't have to spend a bunch of time trying to teach him stuff. Cause he's seen everything that you can see in this league. So just having, you know, kind of that institutional memory of understanding what to do when you're, when you're on the floor, that's the sort of stuff that's important. And that's the sort of stuff that they have been really lacking the last couple of years. Yeah. I, I think that's really well said on, on Jeff green as a guy who it, it's, it's not like a few years ago or, or, you know, when he was here the last time. And even then he was kind of somebody that you could just kind of plug and play and just somebody who knew how to play. But like for, for me, it, it's, it's like with Jeff Green. The, exactly what you said anytime you, you can forget that he's on the team but you throw him out there and he's just played a lot of basketball god knows what he's doing and there's some value in that you know it, this may be an overused phrase now on this podcast but i'll use it again here in this specific case because he's a guy that may or may not play like we don't know how much jeff green's going to play or how much they're going to need him to play or not but when we talk about overall basketball intelligence, well, there it is. You brought some, you brought some, whether he plays or not, he's on the team and he'll be a guy that I think guys can rely on. Younger guys can especially can rely on. And with Landill, you know, both of us have, have spoken on what he brings here, but, but here, here's my thing. The, 
sort of somewhat concerned or, or I would say question that I have about this free agency period here over these last few days before we get to these young guys that they that they traded away and you mentioned Garuba. But before we get to those guys, this is, would be my question. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did they significantly or how significantly did they improve their shooting and their and their defense? How How significantly did they overall improve their shooting and defense, specifically three-point shooting? and specifically rim protection, because I think we can acknowledge that Fred Van Vliet is somebody that helps their shooting a little bit and and probably helps their overall shooting just because of his ability to run an offense. So you have to keep that in mind. Dylan Brooks obviously helps their perimeter defense, you know, as one of the better perimeter wings that you would be able to find in the NBA. But overall, and this might not necessarily be a fault of the Rockets own. Like this is, just the market that 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 was out there they got the best players that I that they probably feel like they could get but overall how much better of a three-point shooting team is this and how much better are they at say protecting the rim with Alperen Shingun being there probably going to play most of the minutes I would imagine at center we'll see how that goes and then of course Jock Landale like those are the things that I'm not really sure of when I'm thinking of wanting to get you know, come away with Brooke Lopez and Fred Van Bleet and Dylan, you know, come come away with every your entire wish list. You didn't get that. And so now I'm questioning that. Like how how much of an improvement are, are or do you have in those two areas? Um rim protection, they didn't improve it at all. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. They they did not improve their rim protection. Um, but the hope is that the the improvements that they made along the perimeter will at least help the rim protection a little bit to where maybe, hey, there's not just this red carpet to the rim anymore. And if there's just a red carpet to the rim, then you have to have rim protection. But at least if there is, you know, a a little bit of resistance along the perimeter, the rim protection issue doesn't, you know, it's not nearly um, as much of a, just as much of a sore throat. It doesn't stick out quite as much uh, when you actually have some resistance along the perimeter. So yeah, I'm with you. The, the rim protection, it's, it has not gotten better. Um, Obviously, had they been able to get Brooke Lopez, it would have improved significantly. But, you know, the Lopez fit, we talked about this going into free agency. It might have been a little weird because you would have been given giving Lopez big minutes. And how does that how does that work with Shingu? Um, I think that at least now you have two centers and I don't think that you need to give any either of them so many minutes to where you might have to play them together. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. I think on the rim protection stuff. You kind of have to hope that somebody like Jabari Smith Jr. becomes a little bit more of a rim protector uh, than he has been in the past. I don't know if that's necessarily his best role as a as a defender in this league, but I do think that he can do it a little bit. But and I think the other thing that's important, and and I talk about just like having the red carpet to the rim, um, but also having veterans who know how to play within a defensive scheme. That's important too, um, because I think the one issue that they have had defensively. Both um, their transition defense has been awful because they turn the ball over a million times. 
but they've also had guys who just simply don't know how to play within a scheme. And, you know, they might overhelp or they might make some, there, there was always some sort of a defensive breakdown. And I think the hope now that you add some actual vets who know what they're doing, you don't have those same type of breakdowns. Um, the shooting, um, I, I do think that it's probably gotten better, probably not as much as people would have hoped, but I think that, Brooks is probably a better three-point shooter or can be a better three-point shooter than KJ Martin. Um, I think he's probably better. Let me look up the numbers just on Tari Eason right now with where he finished out um, as a three-point shooter last year. He was at 34%. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit – so it, it, there's some similarities there, but Van Vliet is better um, than what they had, I think. And, and then I think that their three-point shooting gets better because – um, you have some catch and shoot opportunities now, or you have more catch and shoot opportunities um, for Kevin Porter Jr. And so, you know, that was an area where he really thrived was catch and shoot. Now he may have an opportunity to do that a little bit more. So I think that that in turn will help their shooting. But, you know, I, I think that a lot of people were hoping that, hey, they would get that wing who's just a, a cold-blooded three-point shooter, 38 40%, you know, whether it would have been a Cam Johnson or somebody along those lines. That's not going to happen, but I do think that they have – I think the ceiling is probably a little bit higher on their three-point shooting than maybe it feels like right now. 